Hi, and welcome to the NCC More podcast. Uh, if you're just new to joining, if you're new joining us here, this is where we continue the conversation that we start on Sunday. And, and this Sunday, Pastor Scott preached a sermon from Week to Warrior, and it was amazing, uh, which this is in our series, Friend of Sinners, and we're reading along in this book right here by Rich Wilkerson Jr., Friend of Sinners. And if you don't have a copy, you got to get one. All of our groups are going through it. Uh, it's really amazing what God's doing in our community through this book. Uh, but Pastor Scott, I want to talk a little bit more about uh, what you talked about on Sunday and, and really kind of uh, focus on a couple of those points points, uh, which, wow, it, what an amazing word. It was really Thanks. good. Uh, and I think it, I know you intended it to be a Father's Day message, but I think you, you kind of hit everyone in the room, even though, uh, just because it was so powerful. But you mentioned at the beginning of your, of your sermon that you had talked about how you believe that God has wired us uh, for challenge, for risk, for adventure, um, but we've just settled for ease and safety. And, and what does that kind of look like? Why, why, well, why do you think we have settled as a culture, as, as a people group? Why, why have we settled? Well, part of that conversation, Jared, goes back to the firm biblical belief that God has wired men and women differently. Mm -hmm. And you know that we live in a culture that tries to deny that constantly. So I love speaking to men. I spoke to men in the military for 31 years, and I enjoyed doing it every chance I I get. I think men have settled for ease and comfort because it's easier. I, I used to say that every man in the world has a streak of laziness in him. You just have to go find it and it'll show up. Now, yeah. I've been corrected on that because some people, some men are just not lazy at all. And I have to confess that I can be lazy if given the chance. And so we settle for ease and safety uh, because it's comfortable and because mm. it's our comfort zone mm -hmm. and because it is, in fact, easier to settle for those uh, two things. Courage and, and nobility uh, takes extra energy. Mm -hmm. It takes uh, You have to pay more attention to be that kind of man. And so we settled. Uh, I also think that it bears on another thing I said in my sermon, that kindness and love are not the same thing. Mm -hmm. I've preached entire sermons on that topic, but I just mentioned it in this sermon. Kindness is, is a lot easier than love. Kindness is just simply being nice to people for the most part. And I don't think God primarily wired men to be nice. I think we all should be nice, but niceness and kindness is not the same thing as love. So it's related to that demand that God puts in the heart and in the lives of everybody, not mm -hmm. just men, of course. And that's why I invited people in the service to overhear the sermon mm -hmm. if they weren't a dad mm -hmm. or a, a man. And it, apparently from the comments I got, it worked. Yes, uh, yes. Yeah, so that's kind of why I think mm -hmm. we settle. So, um, so whenever people, of course, it's one thing to recognize, oh, oh no, I've, I've settled in my life for safety. I've settled in my life for comfort. I've settled in my life uh, being lackadaisical. What do we do whenever we find ourselves in that, that you know, we, we're, we kind of wake up and we're like, oh, I, I'm stuck. I'm stuck in my ease. I'm stuck in my comfort. What are some things that we can do to kind of jolt us out of that, of that rut that we found ourselves in? Well, and that is the magic and the, and the wonder of men's ministry around the country, around the world. You, you can always find one guy who's doing it right, who's not stuck. And that's the the importance of brotherhood between uh, warriors, if you will, uh, uh, the brotherhood of men, to find some guy that's not stuck 
and to hang around with him and and go hunting with him or read a, read the same book with him. Just figure out who's not stuck, and that's the power, as you know, of Christian fellowship mm-hmm. in a healthy body of Christ like North Point. You right. hang around with people who who are headed the right direction and they're not stuck, mm-hmm. and you'll get unstuck. Mm-hmm. So a way for someone could get plugged into a group, mm. and that would help them kind of Absolutely. get out of that rut. And I, or, I have also said uh, in other sermons that I don't know. I tell men all the time, for 30 years I've told them, I don't know how you can do this without reading. There's so many books out there now, and they're not all hard to read. Mm-hmm. I don't know how men walk with Christ, not just not just their Bible, of course, but incredible books out there. Mm-hmm. You can read one a week if you mm-hmm. wanted to, and it would last you all year. And if that could, that could, I feel like that could apply to any area of life. If you're stuck in a, in a relationally, if you're stuck as a parent, if you're mm. stuck in your marriage. There's plenty of books on many different topics to help you kind of get out of that rut, right? Yeah, and we would say here at North Point that just simply the experience of worship, mm-hmm. uh, even if it's not on Sunday morning, but mm-hmm. here at the church, just that experience of expressing ourselves in humility and worship to God uh, opens up those avenues of communication mm-hmm. uh, between anybody, but I think in yeah. some unique ways, men men and God. Mm-hmm to get unstuck. Yeah, that's that's good. That's powerful. Um, and then going into your sermon, we talked about the prophet Elijah. Mm. And and Elijah, he uh, he, he had an interesting go. He had this, <laughs> you, well, you talked about this Super Bowl moment. Um, but then afterwards, he, he received a death threat, essentially. That's right. And he kind of tuck-tailed and ran he did. After, after this amazing supernatural moment. And, uh, and you kind of talked about how God met Elijah, where he was at. And you talked to, I talked about a couple things about how God moved Elijah from weak to warrior. And the first thing being that uh, Elijah let God prepare him for battle. Mm. And, oh, go ahead. Well, it, it's just, it's so incredibly critical uh, that God does that preparing. Mm-hmm. Because we, we have all kinds of ways, you know, I think of, <laughs> I've never been a, I've never been a weight room kind of guy. Even when I played sports in high school, I my body didn't respond very quickly, so I couldn't feed my ego by lifting weights. But right. I, but I think of the millions of men that are in weight rooms all over the country, even right now as you and I speak, they're preparing themselves for whatever's in their brain to impress a girl or to impress other guys or to look better or to be stronger. And all of that preparation, you know, 90% of it is really, really healthy, but it's a different kind of preparation, and mm-hmm. only God can prepare us Mm -hmm. as he prepared Elijah for the battle at hand. Mm -hmm. And and do you think that sometimes, though, we can go throughout our day, throughout our work week, and we just subconsciously forget about God's preparation in our lives? Mm. We we have to pay attention. Mm -hmm. And and that's a prayer life, prayer, personal prayer. That conversation with God keeps us in tune and attuned, if you will, Mm -hmm. to the sound of God's voice. And I talked a little about that, you know, in the sermon in that second point. Um, but yeah, we can lose track and not be paying attention. Uh, and God has a harder time preparing someone who's not willing to be prepared. Right. It's not uh, volunteering to be prepared. So uh, you would say it takes a, a willing heart, yeah. uh, an attentive heart, you know, being, being aware or aware that, that God is. Yeah. Uh, but uh, why, uh, why don't you think sometimes, uh, why can't we... Uh, just, and, and, you know, God's called us to do great things. God calls us to do big things. Uh, is there a sense, I feel like sometimes there's a sense where we can just, if we just do our due diligence, 
we can feel settled, like we talked about earlier, in preparing ourselves. Mm. Why is us preparing ourselves not enough? Well, because the battle at hand, like I said in the sermon, like God said to Elijah, I, I gave you that food because mm-hmm. the journey is too hard for you. Mm-hmm. And and one line that was in the sermon that I didn't even write in the sermon, but turned out to be one of the most memorable was if you're on a journey that doesn't require God, then you're probably on the wrong journey. Mm-hmm. And you know how the Holy Spirit just sticks lines in sermons when you preach that you don't right, plan. Right. But that should have been the title of the sermon probably, uh, that if we're on a journey uh, and we're attentive, and that journey is too easy, or mm-hmm. however you want to say it, then we probably need a different journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we won't know that unless we're we're attentive, mm-hmm. which is a good word. So would you say that uh, whatever God's calling us to do, to whatever degree, He's called us to do it to a certain level, to a certain capacity that requires His grace, that mm. requires His help. Absolutely. Um, yeah. and, and There's a moment for husbands and I, I, that is um, underappreciated. When your wife walks next to you somewhere uh, in a mall or anywhere, when a wife, uh, this is mostly Christians, frankly, but when a wife walks up and puts her arm in her husband's arm walking somewhere, that she didn't do that because you're just stunningly handsome. You know, she, she you might be, but she right. did that because she feels that you're headed somewhere where she's trusting it's a healthy place to go. You've been a godly man. You've been a faithful husband. You have had listening conversations with her. You've been sensitive to her needs and her struggles, and you've been a good listener, and all those things we men have to be trained to be. But that's a that's a sign that, that you're listening to God carefully and that you're... Um, you're responding to the sound of his voice mm-hmm. uh, and letting him prepare you to be a husband mm-hmm. and to be a, a good husband. Um, and she trusts you enough to put her arm in yours mm-hmm. and walk walk down the road. That, that's that's really good. Yeah. Uh, real quick, before we move on to the next point, I want to talk, there's many different ways, but what are some of the core ways that are universal, they apply to pretty much everyone, that God prepares us? Oh, boy. I think... Uh, I think when we experience through our prayer life, through our Bible reading, uh, through fellowship with other Christians, and honest fellowship and vulnerable fellowship, I think God creates a peace uh, no matter what the battle is. You know, the battle of raising kids, like I mentioned in the sermon, and frankly, for me, it was especially teenage boys. You know, when you still have a peace in the midst of raising two teenage boys or four kids, uh, you know that, that God is done a good job preparing you. Um, the concrete ways, I think, are uh, the, the disciplines of our faith. We, we never can get away from those, whatever church you belong to, whatever you know, whatever road or path or journey you're on, the prayer and the fasting and, and Bible reading. Uh, we cannot, God cannot arm us with the armor of God uh, without those spiritual disciplines. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Yeah. Um, moving on to point number two, um, you talked about how God has an honest conversation mm. with Elijah. Um, and you talked a little bit about vulnerability um, along those lines. I, I want to talk about, I want to ask two questions. Why is vulnerability important? And when is vulnerability <laughs> important? Well, I see vulnerability as important because I see it as the opposite of pride. Mm. And the Bible says clearly that pride goes before a fall. Right, right. And and the only way to, to totally conquer that pridefulness 
and uniquely in men, because men can be painfully prideful, uh, is is uh, that vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And in my sermon, I said, you don't have to tell everybody that you feel weak, but you have to tell somebody, and that should start with God. And I and I have given men permission through the years when I've discipled them to, to just start with God mm -hmm. in, the, in their own prayer closet. Just tell God you have no idea what to do. You know, tell God you're you're transparent, you're vulnerable. Uh, confess that to God. You don't have to confess it to a buddy, but someday if you can, it'll get that much better because mm -hmm. then you have somebody holding you accountable to those things. Uh, yeah, so, and vulnerability is important all the time. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't mean you're expressing it all the time. And like I said in my sermon, I don't think society expects men to walk around weeping in every conversation. <laughs> I don't think that would be healthy, but there has to be a sense of vulnerability all the time. And especially in conversations, especially with a wife or a child, mm -hmm. you know, for a husband and father. But regardless, you have to be vulnerable in conversations mm -hmm. so that you're really hearing what other people are saying right. instead of just thinking of the next thing that you're going to say mm -hmm. that's usually based on your ego, mm -hmm. not vulnerability. Right, right. So. That, 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 is, that is so good. I think that's, that's, it's really important. It is. Because um, otherwise, whenever you're prideful, you kind of put up a brick wall mm. and you can't really, you're not, you're not, in, you're not influenced, you can't be influenced by the grace of God. Um, that's a good point. And it probably over time leads to a, a a heart that's somewhat hardened, mm -hmm. probably. Mm, that is so good. Yeah. And then, uh, and then you ended with the sermon talking about how God gives Elijah, Elijah, a mission. That God gives Elijah a mission, and uh, you know we have a we have a house habit here at North Point that we we stay on mission. Um, uh, but but you talked about it in a different angle, and you brought up that scripture that Jesus talked about, and he said, mm. you know, if you uh, if you're weak. Or, or heavy laden, uh, you know, come to me and, and, and receive rest, take my yoke upon you. Mm. Uh, and so, and you kind of took it from, uh, from a different angle and you kind of took it from a, from a rest angle, uh, but rest in a different way. Let's, let's kind of talk about that a, a minute. What does yeah. that look like? Yeah. The one line in that Matthew chapter 11, that creates the possibility and the gift of rest from a holy God is taking up the yoke of Jesus and following him and getting to know him. It says, take up my yoke and learn of me. Mm -hmm. And I've said that in men's ministry for probably 35 years. If you want the best rest you can ever get, you have to be filled with a purpose and a mission and living out that purpose. Mm -hmm. um, of course, that means that at times we sit down and be still for a couple hours because we need physical rest. But this is the rest that that renews our soul. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the stories that didn't make it in the sermon, it's a very short one, but there was a pastor in a big church in Houston, Texas, who had a young man who was a new employee on the staff who they just couldn't seem to, couldn't seem to inspire him to do his job well. And he was at the hospital a lot and gone to the doctor and had to go run errands. And finally, he ended up in the senior pastor's office. And after about eight or 10 minutes, the pastor said, you know, I know what your problem is. And the young man said, oh, thank you. Tell me what it is. He said, you're completely exhausted from avoiding hard work. And I, 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 I hope no one ever has to say that to me. But he said, you're completely exhausted from avoiding hard work. And I know that pastor. He's passed away now, but I knew him. And I know what he meant by that. He meant you have to work hard as a man, in that case, to get healthier mm -hmm. and to enjoy the right kind of rest so then you can continue serving the mission that God has given you. Mm -hmm. So you, you can say true rest. And we're talking, we're not talking physical rest, soul rest, mm. a rest in our, in our mind, in our emotions, in our relationships, 
don't necessarily come from doing nothing. That's right. But they come from doing the right things. And being obedient. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you wanted to compare it to something physical, I've always been someone who's in, who enjoys yard work. It's very therapeutic for me. I'm an introvert. So, that's, you know, that's not me. I don't like <laughs> yard work at all. <laughs> I, you know, with the mower going, no one can interrupt me and all of that. But if you do it in the heat of the summer, you are totally exhausted at the end. But then you look out and the yard looks great. And it's the hard work that has become mm -hmm. the great gift. Uh, then you do need to sit down and drink some water and rest. Mm -hmm. But it's the work that has given the joy. Mm -hmm. It's the hard work that has given the, mm -hmm. the joy. That is so good. That, yeah. An incredible sermon, an incredible message. Some of our people are still talking on social media about it. So thank you so much for taking the time. And uh, and thank you guys for joining in on this conversation. Um, you can comment uh, in the comment box below. Uh, but you don't want to miss uh, this Sunday at North Point. Pastor Philip is going to be back in the pulpit. Pulpit. He's back from Malaysia. Uh, you don't want to miss it. We expect to see you here 9.30, 11.15. It's, it's going to be incredible as we start part four of our series, Friend of Sinners. We'll see you there.